shouldn't live there. They should have housing. They should have healthy food. That's a human right. And these humans are my family members. They're our family members. They're not they. They're not them. They're us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the More of That podcast. More of That was founded by Eric Dibbig and myself to help people connect more to themselves and to others by creating experiences that get them out of their social or physical comfort zones. And our More of That podcast is all about interviewing other movers, shakers, community builders, and figuring out how they cultivated their sense of belonging and share it with the world. So today, we are so excited to have Mary Davis, who also goes by Mandy, um, which we'll get into a story about that later. And she is the founder of Worthy of Love, which provides birthday parties to children experiencing homelessness in Los Angeles and Houston. She has given birthday parties to over 10,000 children since founding Worthy of Love in 2013. And we are so excited to have her here. Both Eric and I have gotten to experience a Worthy of Love event, both of us Mm -hmm. going home with heart so full after getting to dance and play with these beautiful children. So yeah, we're so excited to have you here, Mary and Mandy. <laughs> Thank you so much. We're, we're, we can't wait to dive in and hear the origin story of all of this. Yeah, this is, uh, uh, we've been looking forward to having you on for, for a bit. It's um, such a good thing that you've been doing for 10 years now, which is um, happy decade. crazy. Yeah, happy decade. Um, yeah. Uh, so we're excited to chat. And we would love to just kick this off with hearing a little bit about the origin story of um, Worthy of Love. Your mom actually told me a little bit about it when I met her at your birthday party, which was the last Worthy of Love, which was the children's birthday party as well. But yeah, I would love to hear from you what was the catalyst to founding it and to coming up with the name and and really starting the movement in 2013. Absolutely. Let's delve in. Thank you for letting me share my passion. And uh, I guess it started when I was a young girl. Um, It was my fifth birthday and I had just moved and I didn't know anybody. And I was very alone on my birthday and I didn't have friends. I wasn't even thinking about a birthday party. I was just like, I have no friends. And it really was a hard transition for me at five. And my teacher knew that it was my birthday, and she knew that my name was Mandy with an IE. That's important. Mm-hmm. It really is. And she knew, and she came to me and said, I got you something for your birthday. And she pulled out this plaque that said Mandy on it with an IE, and underneath it said, Worthy of Love. And she said, this is what your name means. And I felt seen. I felt... I didn't feel alone. I felt that she gave me a a huge gift in my life to spread and to share. And it was a ripple effect where when my husband and I met in Skid Row helping adults experiencing homelessness, we never imagined we would see kids in that environment. And we would never imagine that we would have a miscarriage. And that is the catalyst that combined those two things together. My name, what my name means, and birthdays and not having a birthday for our first pregnancy, which was tough. I've always wanted to be a mom and I've always helped those in need that are poor. And my mom's taught me that is to take care of the poor. And so 
I've never seen poverty like I have before um, in in the continental U.S. as I've seen in Skid Row. And that's where my heart just shattered into a million pieces the first time I drove through Skid Row. I'm not from Los Angeles originally. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. And I sailed, not sailed, it's the wrong word. <laughs> I took a voyage around the world on a ship with Archbishop Desmond Tutu on semester at sea in 2007. (laughs) Um, And that was a long time ago, but that also was a catalyst for me to looking at the world differently. Um, Because before it was like us and them, you know, you and me. And then when I went on this trip, this voyage around the world, I learned from Archbishop Desmond Tutu to treat everyone you meet like a brother or a sister every child like they're your own that just really changed the way i Mm. saw the world my perspective and the world became my family and so coming back from that trip i wanted to move to the nation's capital of homelessness because i knew that was my passion to help the poorest of the poor and I didn't know starting this organization in 2013 just by, you know, throwing a birthday party and getting together, celebrating life, streamers, all that. I I never imagined that that small group of families that we saw that very first night would grow into over, you know, 1,200 people a month. Um, It's not easy talking about it because... Homelessness hasn't gone away. In fact, it's just tripled and quadrupled. And even from the time I saw you in April on my birthday celebrating, um, there's been 300 more added to our list. And I get these lists every month and I've gotten them for 10 years and we've never missed a month. And these lists with more and more and more and more families and babies and people, those are my family members. Mm. And... It's heavy carrying that, but to show up and say, you're worthy of love. You're not alone. You say pod, and I think of dolphins and how Mm -hmm. dolphins never go by themselves. They're always in a pod in their family. Um, I think of it as that, and there's a lot of dolphins. It's a super pod right now, Um, but we have to protect each other. We have to be there for each other. And all of these things in my life and my timeline uh, brings us to this moment of just living in, in life. And your birthday is such an important day. And we repeat it over and over again. You are worthy of love. The day that you were born, all you had to do was be born to be worthy of love. That's it. So we've showed up for 10 years, every single month, 10 and a half years, every single month without fail. And um, wow, the impact, such a ripple um, from that moment, my teacher handed me the meaning of my name. Wow. Yeah, you, yeah as you um, share all of that, um, which is a, a beautiful uh, number of reasons to, to start this, um, one of the things that jumped out to me was your, your number of like 1,200 people um, that are in that and 300 coming in the week. And um, it's amazing the, the amount of people that you have impact on, but that's not necessarily a good number it's not we're not celebrating that there's that there's more um that it just it's it's in our in our backyard and i think for us living um as a 
yuppie young urban professional here um, and it, it's easy to to not see um, right to just be in your bubble and have your people and not really like look to what is going on in other neighborhoods in Los Angeles yeah like even already your 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 statements and and that sharing of how um, you see the world as your your family is like as already in that moment had an impact on me a thousand percent and can you give walk us through that first birthday party you threw 10 years ago and and w- what that was like how the families reacted what you know what kind of things it brought up for you and maybe how that feeling has um grown or that you know staying have you stayed in touch with those families from some of those early days and yeah I would just love to hear a little bit more about those early moments of worthy of love yeah the first party we didn't really know what we were doing but it's not that hard to party. Come on. Like, <laughs> yeah. life is a party. Let's go. Like, I don't yes, need much yes. to throw a party. Like, we could throw a party right now. Um, <laughs> so that came naturally for me uh, to show up and to celebrate um, and lead. So that part was easy, but I forgot music. So <laughs> prepping and planning, I think that's, that's what's essential, grown. essential component to I a mean, party. kind of big deal. And I was, I looked at... Um, Matthew, who has just been an incredible brother of mine um, for 10 years now, and we've, we've done this together almost every single month. And um, I looked at Matthew, I was like, we don't have any music. And the kids did not care. They didn't care. They didn't care about the music, but I cared. I was like, oh, we need music. It's a birthday party. They were just busy having fun. And you could tell they hadn't had those belly laughs in quite some time. You could tell that smile was hidden way down deep in trauma. And um, it, was, it was quite unique from any birthday party that I'd ever been to, um, to see trauma on toddler faces, you know. Um, I think that's what struck me because we're in Skid Row here. And if you've never been to Skid Row, you must go. Um, it, I, I think it's like, I don't know. 12 miles from where we're sitting, maybe a little mm-hmm. more. Um, that's, you know, and traffic is like 10 years, but still, <laughs> uh, it's not far from us. And you're right, homelessness has gotten so bad, it's in the backyard. But even more than that, the growth over the 10 years has been families. Mm-hmm. And that is what I'm screaming from the rooftop. These are families that are here. Quite different from me and my husband's journey when we met helping adults. Mm-hmm choice. And as a child, you have none. So to be there in Skid Row, the first time I showed up just to volunteer to ask them if I could do birthday parties there, I was on the street about to walk in the shelter and I saw all these kids around. I'm like, what are they doing out here in Skid Row? Right. But that's where they stay. They stay in the shelter. And then I started spelling crack smoke like what is happening I look around and I and I see the group that's smoking and then I see the kids and then I, t- I take a look at the mom who's watching the kids for the other the moms and she gathers up the kids and makes up an excuse to go inside the shelter so the kids listen and then you know security comes out and is saying who's smoking out here there's children and they're like well they need to get out of the street like this is our area 
And I just, the reality was like, whoa, this is heavy. And yeah. then I walk in the shelter and it's like, oh, let's go to the gym and play basketball and um, have some fun and lift their spirits after they are down on the street seeing this. And it's like, how do you react to such trauma around you and just try to forget about it and let your troubles melt away? As a kid, that's all you want. Mm-hmm. You just want your troubles to melt away always. You don't want troubles. For my children, I don't want troubles for them either. But seeing my family, that remember Archbishop Tutu said, every child has your own. And so that mission, when I miscarried, I said, you know, these are my children. And I told my husband, Ari, these are our children. And our second miscarriage, I was on the roof partying with the children, holding them, um, and just thinking, you know, I am a mother. Like, I might have had two pregnancy losses, but I am a mom. Look at all these children here in Skid Row that need the love, that, that want the attention, that want the stress-free night of just, I mean, it's only an hour and a half and they just get to be a kid again. So that part is what has grown is the impact of making sure they feel dignified and worthy. And we even have all this merch every month that says you are worthy of love, just like that plaque Mm -hmm. that the teacher gave me. And that was when I was five and 42 and I still have that on my mantle. And so I've held it ever since. Which is just a, I mean, indication of how big an impact those moments can have on us as children, like for you to still have that plaque at 42, something you got when you were five, that these birthday parties, like you said, they're only an hour and a half. And I'm sure these are messages that these kids will remember for the rest of their life and how amazing that in those dark times they get this moment of that that message of being worthy of love, of having their birthday cake, of getting to dance, of getting their little presents and um, getting to celebrate with all the fun little playstations and activations that that you have there it's it's amazing well I, I forgot to mention that matthew when i told him we had no music that first party went and got this door of the explorer boom box it was hot pink and it was like a cd player and all i could play was like live fm radio <laughs> and it was so like <laughs> staticky oh, no. but we were like whatever and the kids just danced and danced and danced and i remember getting like gifts for the kids that had birthday that month and i would go to target and like buy especially for them and give them all these different gifts. And then when I showed up with these gifts, other kids would come up and say, I've never had a birthday before. And my birthday was two months ago. Do I get a gift? Oh my gosh. And I was like, yes, you do. And then I made it a point that everyone gets a shirt, everyone gets a sweatshirt, everyone gets whatever we can give them as a gift and celebrate everybody's birthday, not just people who were born this month because I... I mean, all I can think of is the story of, um, I don't know, we we were probably doing it for three or four years by then. And um, this one mother came up with her two daughters to the rooftop and Matthew came up to me and said, hey, sis, we have a mom that just got here with her um, two young children and one of them has a birthday. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, do you have anything special for her? Because it's like her birthday today. I was like, whoa, Whoa. that's so cool. Okay, (laughs) I have some pink headphones. And I just bought them at 
big lots for six ninety nine. Okay, come on. Like, I just thought, oh, I'll get these. Maybe some someone's. Anyways, it was destiny to buy those because when she opens it up in front of her mom and in front of her sister, she starts screaming like, "Pink! Oh, that's my favorite!" <laughs> and she's in all pink, of oh course. And her sister's like, "That is your favorite! Oh my goodness!" And these were like gold to her. The headphones. And then I look up and I'm all happy, like, yes, mission accomplished. And then I look up at her mom and her mom is crying hysterically. And I'm like, oh, what's, what's going on, mom? And she's like, you have no idea what we've seen in the last 24 hours. I've never been to a homeless shelter before. I never wanted to take my kids here, especially on her birthday. And I had no idea we would get here. And hours later, we're on the roof celebrating her and her birthday. You don't know what this means to me. And I knew then, like, wow, you know, the impact we make on the child is great. And you can see it and it's immediate. But for moms that aren't able to give their very best or in their scary situations and have to make these calls to send them and their family to Skid Row, it's just not, it's not a proud mama moment. It's not yeah. an Instagramable moment. It's reality and it's hard. And they try their very best to keep going and to keep living. And if I can tell them that you're worthy, don't give up. You're worthy of love. That dignity that you lose when you're experiencing homelessness. If we can restore and repair just a little bit of that, that's what we're going to keep doing. And we need more of that. Well, that's mm-hmm. Those moments that really have an impact for a lifetime. And and that must have been so impactful for you because that you said that was coming off of your second miscarriage. That was the same night? Uh, it wasn't or the was same it, it night, okay. but guys, we, we've, you know, we do it every last Thursday of the month and we've done it for 10 years that way. Um, and so there's so many impactful, incredible mm-hmm. stories that, you know, touch my heart. And it, I, I think miscarrying on the rooftop was, you know, um, really hard, but we don't really talk about my husband who also miscarried. Um, mm-hmm. He was the mascot right. and he got to dress up and he said for him, he would cry in the suit. <clears throat> um, excuse me. A man's not really, you know, going to share openly like how hard that was for him. From my experience, women don't really share about it. It's hard to share. Um, but to see him heal um, has been so powerful. And, and and not only has it been my husband, but for me, the healing, um, for most of our volunteers and for most of the moms and the dads and everyone who experiences a worthy love party, and we have nothing to sell. It's just love. And that is so powerful. The power of love is so impactful and I mean we can just keep spreading love that's the good part you just can keep spreading it and that ripple just gets bigger and bigger yeah totally and like you just said with your husband's story and with this mom who was crying after her daughter got the headphones it's like you know not just for the children but um yeah it must be such a beautiful thing for the parents to experience as well like you said to be facing such a difficult situation like experiencing homelessness and then to be able to have this gift for their children and to connect with other families in a way that is 
celebrating um, outside of the daily hardships that come with that just must be so profound to kind of see that that impact it has on the parents as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't imagine then that there would be dads, single dads, but when we first started 10 years ago in the family room at the Union Rescue Mission, there was you know, only the fourth floor. And then it became the fourth and the fifth floor. And then it became the fourth floor, the fifth floor, and the overflow in the gym. And now there are so many that they're in the gym and the chapel. And these are air mattresses that they lay out all over the floor. And you see, you know, one, one worthy of love party, it rained on the rooftop and we couldn't, we couldn't go. And this years ago, but before COVID and I had to have my volunteers help clear all the air mattresses. And when we did, we also had to clear everyone's items and they were all in garbage bags. And so seeing stuffed animals in garbage bags along with kids' clothes and babies' clothes and mommy's clothes. <sighs> you know, we threw our party and you know, the message was loud and clear and it's so magical every time we're together. It's just it's a beautiful time. And then we, we helped put the mattresses back down because the families had to go to sleep. And our parties, you know, in like eight, eight fifteen, and they needed to get back in there to get ready for bed. And it's just, I couldn't keep it together that night. And just cried and cried. And recently, I went uh, to the shelter about two months ago, and they don't even have air mattresses now because they're building cubicle style in the gym. This is the gym I went to and volunteered at, where we could play basketball and have fun. 10 and a half years ago. And now it's tons of people, families, my family, sleeping on the floor with their babies. How do you live like that? It's just not a way to live. But if we can give them some hope to keep going, that's all we can do. And that's all, we're good at it. And we'll keep going until I get a list that says zero. Yeah. That's my goal. Mm. How, um, how long are these families and these kids usually in the shelters? Well, it depends. And we started at the Union Rescue Mission in Skid Row. That's where my husband and I met. And that's the only place that allows families um, in Skid Row. And so we started there. And then the Union Rescue Mission has Hope Gardens, uh, which is transitional housing. It's in Silmar. And it has like 77 acres of beauty and nature. And they can really like stay in that program for a couple years and get back on their feet. The Union Rescue Mission also has Angela's House, which is in Compton, um, and that's transitional living um, as well. Um, and then we also have our Worthy of Love parties in Westwood Village, which is for veteran families, and um, that one is a longer program as well. Um, and then you have Houston, which is quite unique. We started in Houston a year ago, um, and the women are incarcerated some of the women, not all, um, but they come in the program. With, usually they're pregnant with a toddler and um, they're able to keep their child instead of the child going to foster care um, while they're incarcerated, but they don't have any cell phones. So for the Worthy of Love Party, the most important piece is our photo booth. Mm. And they take the most beautiful family photos. Mm. They don't have... Um, they don't have pictures and memories of them pregnant. 
So they'll stand in line for the face paint. The face paint artists will paint their bellies. And then they'll stand in line to have their maternity shoot in our photo booth. And they take these pictures and I, I get to see all of the pictures at, at the end of every Worthy of Love party. And now that we have five locations, it's a lot of photo booths to go through. Right. But I got to tell you, like the ones at Santa Maria Hostel are just so beautiful. And you can tell like they've, they just want to document their lives and feel worthy and important, even incarcerated and yeah. Um, so now it's five shelters and we get calls every week, females to go all over the world and we want to, but you know, can't help every single person, but the ones that we do help and the ones that have found healing through Worthy of Love, they have also helped me heal. And I never thought starting this off that you know, we did it in, in memory of our child that I would have two daughters that have blessed my life and my husband's life so much beyond belief, but becoming parents and now seeing worthy of love. You know, my, my daughter's turning six. So six years out of the 10, I've had, um, you know, my daughter Ziva and my daughter Zeta and being a mom, you want the very best for your kids. And all they talk about is their birthday all year mm. long. Mm. And that's all they want is just to feel important, to feel seen. Um, and if we can accomplish that month after month and tell a mom who's been in the program for two years, who just is, is trying to find the strength to overcome poverty, to tell her, you're worthy. It's been so powerful and so simple, but the message is profound. Totally. And with, with that, um, what, what has it been like having your daughters come to this? Like it, what an amazing thing for them to be exposed to and a lesson for them to be ingrained in and kind of getting to experience this every month. That must be such a, incredible experience for you to watch them and for them to participate in it at such a young age. Absolutely. Um, you know, during COVID we had to pivot, um, because we couldn't show up at the shelter and volunteer in that capacity. So we zoomed into each shelter and we got to grow during COVID because we could reach more family members, um, virtually and so each shelter would have a, a projector screen or we would have like tablets for them in their room and everyone would join us on Zoom. And we really got to know the moms and the kids on a different level because we could see them more and we could communicate on the screen and we had the best parties. But we would show up every place and have you know the party delivered. <laughs> so we were connecting with this invisible string and that's what me and my daughters talk about. Everyone you ever loved, you're connected by an invisible string to their heart. Mm-hmm. And when you tug their string, they can feel your tug. And the same for them to pull your tug, pull your heart. My sister, um, when COVID like began, um, before that, she wasn't ever able to make it at a worthy love party. She worked with the army. She was a nurse. It was really hard for her to fly to Los Angeles. She lived in Alabama. And I remember her sending us stuff to protect 
our, my children and us and, you know, mask and hand sanitizer. We're like, what's happening? Why are you sending us this? Um, but I never knew like through this, you know, I finally got my two daughters and I was so happy and our family was finally completed and just the joy of my life. And then, you know, I, I graduated, got my MBA in nonprofit management in May, 2020, and things were feeling so great. Like we're going to do this virtually for Relief Love, whatever we can conquer, like we will do it and we will keep going. And then my sister died on June 2nd in 2020. She was a nurse and died from being exposed. And that changed my whole life because of the trauma that I never knew my kids would have to experience. And all these years seeing the trauma on children's faces and toddlers' faces, I never imagined that it could happen to me and to my kid. And um, that really just, the trauma that I, I have from that, Worthy of Love has really helped me heal a lot because we have to live even through the hardest, hardest times, even through the bad, bad stuff, the bad, bad pain. Pain is what we feel when we're alive. And so I've, I've used that pain as a catalyst and I feel like you can have an immature response to trauma or mature. I'm not always mature, but I know worthy of love was a, a big decision for me and my husband losing you know, our, our first pregnancy is like, okay, what are we going to do with this trauma? What are we going to do with this pain? And I and I like to think that we did something legendary that um, people will hold forever. And when, when they pull out their Worthy of Love shirt from, you know, 2023, they'll remember 10 years from now. Wow. Remember when there was family homelessness and now there's not? Wow. Yeah. I remember Worthy of Love showed up. That's what I hope in the future that there's no more families going through this because they shouldn't live there. They should have housing. They should have healthy food. That's a human right. And these humans are my family members. They're our family members. They're not they. They're not them. They're us. Yeah. It's yeah, really profound how you've been able to turn the darkest moments um, into fuel for, for serving other people in this way. And... Yeah, just being at the Worthy of Love experience uh, last month on your birthday, on the birthday. And your mom's birthday too. And my mom's birthday, April 27th. Best day. Best day. Um, Always remember. But just seeing, yeah, the joy on everyone's faces. And I was, I I told my husband, I was like, she's like sunshine in a bottle. You were just revving up the crowd. And to do that every month and to do that on your birthday, to be kind of giving the gift that that keeps giving to others. I was just like, not not only do you like live your brand, but just how beautiful that your your daughters get to grow up with that, that seeing that displayed in their mom and having that as like a a compass for for their own life too and a life of of service to others. I just think that's really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, my my daughters definitely and my husband. We always talk about you know we have to help others. We have to help others and we're helpers. And so I, I feel like our society today is like, who's going to help? Who is going to help instead of saying, I'm going to help. Mm. And if we all did our little bit of good, 
I know that can overwhelm the world. I've seen it. And that uh, leads me to ask a lot of people, you know, talk about wanting to get involved in something, but not knowing where to look or what's, you know, how to fight it or how to contribute meaningfully. How did you find your initial volunteers were worthy of love? Because also at that party, I had said to you, I'd seen volunteers You're like, I've been with this mm-hmm. since 2013 or 2014. So it's when it started. So how did you find these volunteers and how did, um, you know, you keep them through the growth of worthy of love and get other people bought into the mission? Because that's also a huge part of continuing to be able to grow and serve it or serve. Yeah, sure. Um, wow. Uh, I know it sounds corny and it, it, we've become a family and family can be dysfunctional, but not this family. Like we've chosen each other and we have showed up for not only each other, but for our family members in Skid Row, our family members now that are in Compton, that are in Silmar and Westwood and Houston and um, just finding people who are really just full-hearted healers that want to come and help and help and just help. And whatever that might be, if that's like, you know, putting down a tablecloth or putting waters or everyone wants to help. And that feeling of helping um, is powerful when that's that's basically all we do. We come in, we help people have a great time and and that's so easy and so natural to do and to celebrate each other to celebrate life it's so natural it's so easy and and everyone can do it and so i've always encouraged people to bring their family you know bring your 2 year old bring your 17 year old um and we've seen all walks of life come together and i think it's important that we all look the same and we feel the same because equality you know it, making us we instead of them is everyone wears the same shirt and you can't tell celebrity from um, you know a family experiencing homelessness in Skid Row. So I I feel like it's really important that the people that we walk with understand that, um, and they do. And you know, I remember one of our volunteers just like, hey, you know, we randomly meet. She's a stranger. She's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm putting together party favors for children experiencing homelessness in Skid Row. She's like, what? When? What? What? I was like, yeah, yeah, we have a party. You know, we just started it, you know, last month. We're doing it again. Do you want to help? She's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I'll be there. Can I bring Starbucks? I work at Starbucks. I'm like, bring Starbucks. That's great. We'll take Starbucks. Whatever we, you know, yeah. whatever. And people just come in and say, I'll bring this. I'll bring that. Okay, okay, great. You'll bring the cake. You'll bring the, okay, good. And every month to see the community come together I mean, sometimes it's miracles that happen and you're like, whoa, especially when we do a superhero theme, for some reason, <laughs> that theme has been like, we're going to become superheroes tonight yeah. and we will. Crowd pleaser. Yeah. Oh, oof. crowd pleaser, but it definitely puts you to the test. Each time there's a challenge, it's like the t-shirts weren't delivered to Skid Row, they were delivered to Pasadena. What do we do? Um, Super so, speed. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but the themes that we've been able to do, the places that we've been able to go, um, we wouldn't be able to do that without our people and our people and our tribe and our family has just come together and, and they don't skip a beat. They, they keep coming every single month. And I think about, you know, the times that we've had together, the memories we've shared, you know, we, we do things like traditional through Worthy of Love, like Stand By Me. Um, that song we sing every single month, we get together in a circle, 
Um, and I think it's really important that we sing that together. It's like a nice ritual. Yeah. It's, and, yeah. And you have a couple of uh, individuals who are there pretty much every month, right? Like your, your DJ, Boomer, is that? Yeah, Boomer and the Boom Squad. Yeah. So I found him randomly too through a friend. I was like, oh, we're looking for a DJ. And he's like, oh, I know a DJ. His name's Boomer. And he's a, um, a, a, a clown dancer. I was like, what is a clown dancer? What are we talking about here? And, you know, I'm not from Los Angeles originally, but there's a whole clown movement in South Central LA that Boomer, um, the culture that, he has created through the the clown movement. It's it's really powerful. A lot of uh, gang activity in South Central. Um, the youth will go straight into a gang, and it feels like a family or a pod, um, but it's dangerous, and a lot of people lose their life. And so, Boomer, as as a person that I've known that's walked through so much trauma and have lost so many. Um, family members and friends that his resilience keeps me going. And he came into the mix, I think, nine years ago. Wow. And he's been er every single month, like every single month. And I remember before COVID, I was like, Boomer, have you ever been on an airplane? He was like, nope. And I was like, oh, well, you better get ready because we're going to fly worthy of love all around the world. He's like, can I drive? (laughs) You can't drive to New York City. He's like, I'm going to drive. And then Matthew was like, Matthew's also been with us from the beginning from the shelter. And he was like, I'm not, I'm not getting on an airplane either. So it's like, we're driving. I was like, you are getting on an airplane. And so it was absolutely unbelievable to be with Boomer and Matthew flying to Houston for our first worthy of love party, um, March, 2022. Is their first flight? Well, respectfully, like Boomer had taken a flight to Las Vegas. So it was kind of a small, you know, he had done that before. And so he kind of got over his fear flying. But Matthew was his first time. And now Matthew, wow, he's he's like an eagle. He shut off his chicken behavior and he's not a chicken. He's not going (laughs) to drive somewhere. Like he will get on that plane and to see like experiences through Boomer and Matthew's eyes coming from South Central L.A., um, Matthew's from Compton, and to see them be incredible uh, role models in the community and Boomer and his Boom Squad, um, he has really gotten to be a father figure to so many youth that come and join his dance squad instead of joining a gang on the street. And they mm-hmm. dance, and they they were they dance. dancing the ones dancing at the yes, April exactly. birthday. Oh, they were great. Mm-hmm. That's called crump yeah. dancing. They're so fun. It, yeah. I learned when they first came around eight years ago how to crump and how to get in there, but it is just an incredible movement because they can take all this trauma um, from the streets and dance it out, and they call it bangs. So they bang it out, and Worthy of Love has just been um, cooler and more cultured because we have Boomer and the Boom Squad and they bring that element um, of fun that I couldn't bring by myself. So we all come together. I couldn't do it without your incredible volunteers. It really does. And it's so cool cool how you, like like obviously the impact starts with the kids that we're celebrating the birthday for and then you you touched on the, the parents and how much of an impact that has and then enabling people like Boomer um, to like also have that transformational moment. It's it's really um, a special circle of worthiness. 
Yeah. And I was going to ask, um, from when you started it 10 years ago to now, um, are there any kids that have come to some of those earlier parties who you see now as young adults and would just love to hear if there's any stories that stick out to you from the transformation around any of those? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's really incredible to see a family that you know you you walked with and you celebrated, and then they're um, they have this beautiful story of now I have housing, now I have you know a job, now I have time to give back, and they want to come back and volunteer because they know how much worthy of love meant to them during that time, and they want to give it back and pay it forward to other families, and so. We've had so many families become volunteers and all of their stories are powerful to me because, like I said, I never knew I'd walk through trauma like this Mm -hmm. and losing my sister um, has really taught me about living in the moment and being present. And when we show up for the children and the families and each other and be present for each other and connect... It's a beautiful thing and it keeps me going each month um, in the world that seems like a dumpster fire. It's like, okay, we're going to get marshmallows, we're going to get Hershey chocolate and graham crackers and we're going to make some wars because we got to make the best of this. And that's how I feel as Skid Row. It is a dumpster fire. And it's not just a a dumpster. It is like a skyscraper on fire. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if we all took our fire hoses and came together and, you know, I know this analogy is kind of weird, but I can't just pass by this burning skyscraper in Skid Row. I can't do it. I can't just ignore it. I can see be here in my little bubble and our little worlds. And I'll, I feel like there's just tiny little worlds everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Skid Row is our neighborhood. Skid Row is our city. Skid Row is in our county. Skid Row is in our world. And if it's a burning building yeah, I'm going to need a lot of volunteers and I'm, I'm, this is going to take years and years to repair and how are we going to put the fire out? Mm. Um, but we're going to try to spread love like fire and that that burning flame. Um, I always think of the quote by Maya Angelou, it's no one can diminish the fire that burns from within or the light that burns within and... Um, I think that's really important to keep that fire going for small, tiny flames that are about to be blown out in Skid Row and the worst condition I have ever seen in the United States of America. Um, it's inhumane. And I want to treat them as humans and as my family, and they get the very best. We've never had anything used at these parties for 10 and a half years. Everything's new. Everything's great. Everything's beautiful. And we'll keep doing what we have to do until there's no more families. Yeah. Um, um, you said uh, something there, and you'd said it in the past too, about giving these kids the very best. And you um, you talked about your own children, talking about their birthdays all the time. And uh, I've heard you say this before too, that um, when you're hosting these parties, you want to not just give these kids... Um, the, the lowest um, the lowest possible like experience for them for the birthday, but you want to pull that out of the water. Um, and I know from the the Ghostbusters themed one that I went to, and um, 
one that uh, Cass, our mutual friend, um, told us about. Who introduced us to you yep. in the mission. Thank you, Cass. Um, who told us about the one at Dodger Stadium um, as well, that you guys really go all out. Um, like at the, at the Ghostbusters one, there was a, a slime station and uh, reptiles and snakes and animals that the kids could, um, could pet and a bracelet-making station and, and pizza. And there were uh, one of the actual... Ghostbusters from the the original Ghostbuster was there zooming in. Ernie um, Hudson, yeah, what a legend! Yeah. Um, can you talk about the the evolution of? Because um, I, I remember you also said in your first um, one that you hosted, you spent fifty dollars of your own, and now these are kind of like a, a true experience. Can you talk about the evolution of how that that grew and and kind of your perspective on giving these kids the best experience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, just, you know, being a parent, it, it just changed my perspective on you want the very best for your kids. And um, even before that, I felt that in Skid Row because it's just, it's a wild in Los Angeles. You can be in Brentwood sipping coffee, smelling this beautiful air, and then going to Skid Row smelling feces and pee and seeing someone shooting up heroin on the street. Yeah, you're like, where am I? How how stark these differences are. Yeah, and there are all these little worlds in LA, like these tiny little worlds, and you can avoid this if you want because who's going to the seafood district, which Skid Row's in? Nobody. Um, And it's like a containment area of people. And so I just think like this harsh reality for the children that live there with no choice to give them the night that they'll never forget. And it's unforgettable. I mean, unforgettable moments that they might not ever experience. A lot of the realities of the the children that um, we've seen in the shelter, they go to foster care. And if they can take a photo booth memory of them and their mother or them and their father before they're separated and they can carry that with them, I really do, you know, feel that memories are heavier than stone. And if you can carry this good memory with you, this unforgettable memory with you, that can keep you through some some pretty tough times. Um, I know that's to be the case for me um, through everything. It's just holding on to that little plaque that says, Mandy, worthy of love. And just saying, okay, you know, that's what my name means. I got to keep going and I got to feel... Well, worth it, worth my life. And no one's like me. No one has, you know, um, my unique story and, and, and really understanding that who we show up for and who we're giving this experience to, uh, that it could change their life. They're at the lowest of the lowest of the low. And um, how do we inspire them? How do we walk out of there in, in footprints that they'll want to follow. And that's only with, you know, a lot of fun, a lot of joy, the best experiences of their lives. And, you know, we, we went to the Peterson Automotive Museum in March, which, I mean, the cars were just unreal. But I remember this family, um, and you didn't know if they were homeless or if they're a celebrity because everyone was wearing the same shirt and we were all in a very fancy place, very fancy museum. And they came up and the mom was like had a stroller and then she had a son and um, I think another daughter. It was a family of four. And they walked up to me 
after seeing um, Cars, Lightning McQueen, and their faces were lit up. I mean, <laughs> like lit, lit, right? And they were like, their adrenaline was flowing. You could tell they were just like so excited. And I said, did you get to see Lightning McQueen? And they were like, yes. <laughs> and the son said, we watch the movie every day. And the mom said, sometimes more than once. (laughs) And then they said, but we got to see the real thing today. And they were just so happy and elated. And that moment, I'll never forget. It was like a picture in my mind of just how lit up their faces were. And you just never know when someone just needs that extra bit of hope and just to go and keep living and to keep being inspired and we get to see him next month in SoFi Stadium and I got to see Matt and Boomer's experience there. They're both from Compton, South Central, don't get these things, right? And Boomer was in the Super Bowl. He was one of the um, dancers in the Super Bowl at SoFi. Um, But Matthew had never been inside and he used to live across the street in Inglewood um, from SoFi. So to see them in the locker room, in the press room, um, to run out on the field at SoFi while we're taking a tour to see, are we going to have worthy of love here? To see how excited they were to be there. I cannot wait to see the faces light up again in SoFi and to have this experience with them because experiencing homelessness can be transforming if you can give them these hardcore memories that they'll never forget, that are beautiful, that are powerful, that are loving and they'll hold on to that, hopefully, for the rest of their lives. And can you like walk us through these this experience that you've created with the volunteers that have kind of come to be the overall flow of the Worthy of Love um, birthday experience that people get to experience at these different shelters, um, just so our listeners yeah. can kind of get a good picture sure. in their mind of like how the night unfolds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone shows up like an hour before the party and we have an hour to scramble and get everything ready. I think tablecloths are like the first thing we need. Everyone get the tablecloths. Um, and then we put out the tables, we you know set up the party. Um, I remember this last party, which was last Thursday. It was a firefighter theme. And I called the fire department before. I was like, okay, we need you to come. We need you to bring your you know, truck and s- say hi to the kids. And the captain was like, absolutely, we'll be there. And I was so excited, like, the fire department's coming. And so we get, we get, when I get there, Boom Squad Academy's there. And Boomer has a Boom Squad Academy of about 20 kids that he brought with him in youth. And they all came to help. And so I, you know, they unloaded my car. I didn't, we didn't even need to use a, a cart or a dolly for this stuff, right? They all come, so many, so many hands, yeah. and they're like taking the waters, and I'm, I'm like, okay, take the tablecloths, put them out, do this. And it's really important that all the volunteers actually really help, and this is the part where they get to set up the most incredible party for the family that's joining us, the families that are coming down to the shelter. And so each location is setting up at the same time from 6 to 7 p.m. I'm getting calls from the pizza delivery guy and he's like, I'm here with the pizza. I'm like, what location are you at, sir? And the photo booth, Hmm. I'm here at da-da-da-da. I'm like, okay, okay, got you. And so I'm the only paid staff and it went from like volunteer for eight years until like now it becoming full-time job. And you got to remember like, these parties are fun and, and, and it's a very sweet, but the bitter part of 
there's so much demand right now that my heart is breaking and I can't do it without support. And we need funding. Mm -hmm. We need to be fully funded because going from April, like a list of, you know, 800 to this month of 1,100 people we served on Thursday. Uh, But anyways, getting back to the fun, we set up the photo booth, we set up, you know, the the balloons, the face painting, the... Um, Some reptiles at the last one. (laughs) We had a sloth at once and because we... Speaking of Cassandra from Moon Lab, um, she's all like it's her bucket list to meet a sloth, <laughs> and it like never happened for her. She even went to Bali, and like the sloth was like way, way up in the trees. You barely see it. Um, so Maya Bialik is one of our board members, and she's just incredible, like unbelievable person. Um, she's become one of my closest friends. And anyways, Maya had um, a sloth connection. Because we were looking for sloths all over the city. Couldn't find it for Cassandra to, to surprise her. Cassandra's been a huge supporter and donor of Worthy of Love. And so I really wanted to surprise her, not just the kids, because of course everyone's going to think the sloth is like insane. Yeah, I but love that. taking care of like our people and our tribe that come together, like um, to be able to surprise Cassandra with a sloth was like super cool because she was trying to find a sloth herself. Yeah. And so when we found the sloth, I was like, Ooh, Maya, this is going to be a secret. We're not going to tell Cassandra. And we oh, get there that surprises. night. Right? And then the sloth is there. And the sloth even smells. Wow. Slowly. And so we have these crazy, wild experiences. And, and trust me, the sloth has like a really good life. This isn't just like a wild animal pet. that like It has a really good life. And it was like the best of the best of the sloths. Um, right. I believe it. I could have come and worn my... I have a sloth onesie, so... Yes. That would be... Well, we have a sloth mascot. I saw well. a sloth astronaut. Yes, which I can speak on the mascots. That's a, something really important in our parties too. And, I, and the volunteering, you come together and, and everything, it just... It's natural. Like you know how to throw a party. Everyone does. Like, come on, partying is natural. Like, get together. We can do it. And we just want everyone's hands to be involved, even if it's carrying a TV. Mm-hmm. Hey, pitch in. Yeah, that's I need how some I muscles. met you. Exactly. <laughs> like, help me carry this TV. We got to do it. Um, but doing like multiple jobs and running and having all these party hats. Like, fine. It's easy. Like, we can do this. It's really not that hard to do. And then when you pull it off, and it's amazing, incredible. Like, wow, job well done. We did that together. But when you think back at the party, you're like, okay, who was homeless? Who wasn't? And if you think like that, that's my mission accomplished because right. I want everyone's worldview to be, we're all family. These are our brothers and sisters and we need to help them and we need to be there for them and we need to lift them up and not just give a handout, but a hand up like, Hey, you're worthy. We're going to be here for you and we're going to stand by you and we're going to show up. We're going to show up every single month for you and we're going to remind you of your worth. And um, hopefully the legacy of worthy of love will continue and that we'll you know, meet more and more people who want to give back and who consider um, people experiencing homelessness and families, um, consider them very important and worthy of our time. Yeah, and you can give you can give that feeling to to the kids of, of, of connectedness to different types of people was in stark contrast to seeing people smoke crack on, on the side of the street. Like it's like the belonging that you can feel in an environment with everyone else that you are the same as, as other people is, is pretty special. Totally. Yeah. And something that I loved uh, when Spencer and I went last month is uh, just 
being there and, and dancing and hanging out with, with the kids and how we all held hands and did like the soul trade. And you had a beautiful thing about how us, we all have like light in us and just those little connective moments that really involve everyone and make everyone feel like they're held in the experience was really cool to witness and, and be a part of. And the, the cool thing about Worthy of Love too on the volunteer side is I remember I was in a funk that week and yeah, after leaving that experience, it got me out of my own head. And so often when, you know, especially um, from from all different sides, you, you leave feeling worthy of the love that you, you had to give and that you received from the people that were there. So I love what you were saying too, of it's just like this, we're all collectively contributed, contributing to it, both the families and and the volunteers and the volunteers are undoubtedly getting that feeling of worthiness as well. And it's this beautiful symbiotic relationship. Absolutely. We all, we have to see each other as each other. And another thing that Archbishop taught me, he really made an impact on my life. And it was crazy. You got to be on a cruise with him. What a very lucky. I'm very lucky. Um, But he did teach me a South African term, which is Ubuntu. Ubuntu, Ubuntu, Ubuntu. I can still hear him say it in my head. And it just means like we can't, I can't be me without we. And how connected we really are and how we must treat each other in that sense, in that way. And I I was in India at a Dalit village, which is like the poorest of the poor in India, right? It was like Skid Row, worse because they really have no running water, no electricity, like very bad conditions. And I remember meeting the village and they were the happiest children I've ever met. Honestly, they had nothing. They had no running water, no electricity, no fancy school. Like we slept on their floor in the school. And I just remember them being so happy. Um, And they had nothing but each other. And then I remember being in a room, their school, which is just on the floor and we light candles and in the person leaving it, leading us in the meditation was light yourself, light the world, light yourself, light the world. And we just all kept repeating that until all the lights were lit. And we just kept saying, light yourself, light the world, light yourself, light the world. And it just taught me so much, even in Skid Row, which is one of the darkest places I've ever been. Um, your little light can shine. And if you light yourself, it can light the world. Yeah, which is such a powerful, powerful message that everyone who goes to Worthy of Love event gets to gets to experience. And then hopefully that has a ripple effect on the rest of their week, the rest of their month, and and so forth. And coming from a um, you know, experience perspective, how were you able to could is it just donations that that Worthy of Love runs off of to put on these experiences? Or how how are you guys able to continue to support these kids in such a, a beautiful way each month at the parties? And I'm sure our listeners would love to know also of different ways they can they can contribute as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we've we've seen so many uh families and oh, it's just, it's hard because it's overwhelming to see this many people in this situation and not being able to help them all um, financially. We have a, a smaller budget and it increases, you know, 
every month to to a new amount and I'm having to to pivot and say, oh, well, we're going to have to take away the sloth. We're going to have to take away the, you know, cupcakes or we'll have to take away this because we need to reach 300 more people this month, um, which is, wow, like you can't plan for these things. Um, and so we try to plan as best we can. And uh, when I got my MBA in nonprofit management, I finally knew like, what I was doing. And I and I just started this out of love and just wanting to make a difference. So eight years of just volunteering and being so passionate about it. And then, you know, getting my MBA and realizing like we have to have some type of cash flow to keep going. Mm-hmm. And uh it's twenty dollars a family member, um, which comes with all the experience we've we've discussed. You know, the t shirt's really important, clothing the homeless. Um, with new clothes is it's just that human dignity part of having something new and then having the message, of course. That's our biggest expense. Mm-hmm. Um, so we always look for, you know, if you have a clothing company and you want to donate, you know, shirts to us one month, we need a lot of shirts. Um, and that's something we do every single month. So it, it Whatever you can contribute, whether it's financially, you know, or it's your time, or it's, you know, an in-kind gift, um, we don't turn down donations, especially if it's not used. Um, I remember my friend Lindsay texting me before March's birthday at the Peterson. She said, Mary, I have this huge overstuffed, like oversized um, teddy bear. She's like, and, my, and someone gave it to me for my daughter and I, it's like so big, it doesn't even fit in my space. She's like, can I bring it? And in my mind, I'm like, oh, where are we going to put that at the Peterson Museum? Like, I have not even more space, but we'll figure it out. And I'm like, yeah, okay, bring it. Um, and then I, I, I said that to her and I had this picture in my mind of this teddy bear that was like really big, right? And then I go and I take a tour in Skid Row to see like, what's going on in the gym and the cubicles I was telling you that they were built. And guys, I just sat there in the gym or not sat there. I stood there in the gym and started crying. And Matthew had to like help me out of there because I saw an air mattress, like two air mattresses next to each other and the garbage bags of all their clothes. And then an oversized stuffed teddy bear. And I could just tell like the kid didn't want to let go of that. And they're in the middle of the gym floor, homeless, rock bottom. And that oversized teddy bear was there. And I just thought, wow. Like, as a mom, I would tell my kid, like, you can't bring that to Skid Row. Like, what are you thinking? Like, but the mom knew how much that meant to the, to the child. And, and so I was glad I told Lindsay, yes, bring the, the, the teddy bear. The teddy bear. And so I told her that, of course, and she brought the teddy bear and, I never expected the legs to be that long of a teddy bear. I'm telling you, they were like at least seven feet long. The, wow. The I need legs. to see a photo of this after. You have to. <laughs> and then at the end of the party, she said, well, what do we do with this bear? And I was like, just give it away. Like, I, just give it away. And she's like, okay. And so it takes four of them to carry this teddy bear oh, like wow. out of the Peterson Museum. <laughs> and during the party, like people were hugging the bear, taking pictures with the oh, bear. Wow, what like, a fan favorite. <laughs> it was great. Um, and then she said that... She, she cried when they gave it away because there was a family that said, we'll take it. And they carried it 
with them on the bus. And I don't know what shelter they went back to because we had four shelters come, but wherever that bear is, (laughs) I know there's a lot of love and there's memories and that's what we do. That's what we do best is creating good memories, a mature response to trauma by saying you're worthy, you're loved, your birthday's a very important day, the day that you were born. All you had to do is be born to be worthy of love. And that's just such an important message for everyone in the world to hear. Like um, like you said, in the darkest of, of circumstances and, and people who also live in their own bubbles or live in their own heads. And if we could all remember that and all remember that each other is worthy of love, the world would be a very different place. And at least it's starting one, one birthday, um, one, one birthday, birthday at a time. time. Yeah. yeah. When, when you um, travel to India and see like all of these kids and even, well, I mean, they're happy, but like their, their situation is pretty dire and, and other places that you've probably traveled and seen, like as someone who views the world and everyone as her family, how do you process that? And what, like from the future of what you want to create with worthy of love or, or do in your life outside of worthy of love too. Like how do you process and frame that and, um, and, and want to build on that? Okay. So during, uh, the pandemic, uh, I got my degree, my sister died and then I worked with a consultant to figure out a way to truly help, uh, families get out of poverty. And that was my focus in my MBA is studying social enterprise and how to make um, and create opportunities for moms and dads and youth that want to get out of homelessness and they just don't have opportunity. So um, I started baking bread as you do during the pandemic. Um, And at first it was like disgusting, like throw out, like we'll waste it. It's fine. Just it's gross. We're not eating that. Um, to like, wow, this is pretty good. Oh, wow, you should sell your bread. You should really sell your bread. No, I don't want to sell it. Like, not in the bread business, like whatever. And then it really became my therapy after my sister died to do it every single week and just just get in there and knead the dough. And we all need love. And I just needed it. And there was tears. And the bread became like my therapy. And I wanted to share that therapy with the women um, and the moms that I had known from the shelter. And so in August of 2022, we started baking bread in the shelters. And that's just been just incredible. And they're good at it too. It's just, we make the recipe, we we come together, we talk about our cultures, we talk about our food that we grew up on. And it becomes a place for me to really get to know who the mothers are um, and the fathers. They've taken our classes and also the kids and the youth and um, so fast forward, we found a kitchen to, um, let us bake bread together. It's an industrial kitchen and we come together and we bake the bread and it's so good that we really, really should start selling it. And so that would be such a great revenue stream for them. Here we are. The cash flow that I've been thinking of this whole time, didn't know what it would be like, and here we are, it's bread. It's it, creating bread winners. Right, and breaking mm. bread. Oh, there's so many puns. Like, yeah. It's just, together we rise. I mean, <laughs> uh, baking the world a better place. 
it's so natural and I never thought we'd be in the bread baking business, but here we are, baby, baking bread and it is and delicious. so empowering for them and so meaningful for the people who buy it, knowing what Absolutely. they're supporting. It's just yes. a win-win all around. Correct. And also what we're good at is event production. And so um, <clears throat> last year, it's almost been a year, I partnered with Moon Lab Productions um, and Moon Lab and Cassandra really wanted to help me as well, like carry out this vision of helping people um, learn event production so they could be successful in that field. And she, you know, told me like, I started with nothing and I just, you know, here's my business and I want to share how I did that. I'm like, great, let's partner. And so we partnered together and last year she gave Matthew, who I've talked about, Matt, Matthew, mm-hmm. goes by both, Matt Jeezy. Um, but Matthew, I called him and I said, Hey, um, you're going to be an intern with Moon Lab Productions. He's like, well, What does that mean? I was like, Oh, you're, you're going to be great. You've already know event production from doing where they've loved for so many years. He had worked at the shelter, um, not getting paid very much, um, just doing it out of passion mm-hmm. and uh, compassion. And so saying, Matthew, Hey, she's giving you opportunity. You're going to learn how to do event production with the pros and you're going to jump right in. You're going to do you know, this Red Bull event and oh Latinx. Like, oh, it, it was just like incredible what he got to do. And Cassandra gave him the chance to do it. And so Matthew went from, I'm not going on an airplane to he missed last week's Worthy of Love because he was in Philadelphia with Moonlight Productions. And he has just really become an eagle to where he is not a chicken, never ever born a chicken like we know now. He's the eagle and he's flying just like the great eagle he was born to be. And he's come, came from Compton, never on an airplane, to now uh, doing event production full time, um, making more money than my salary. Um, and it's just like that whole moment of like student and teacher and when the, when the student becomes the teacher and that's exactly what we want to do with the bread baking as well, with the event production. Stick to what we're good at mm-hmm. and make that an opportunity to where it's not just a handout of you get a beautiful shirt and worthy of love because that's important, but to say, I'm going to hire this mom who used to be a baker and has her own LLC. I'm going to hire her because she's transitioning out of homelessness and give her an opportunity and then I'm going to teach you how to become a face paint artist. And you, oh, you want to do photography? Great. Oh, videography? Wonderful. You're going to learn from the best. And give them the best opportunities, the best experience, the best teachers, so they can really start becoming that eagle they were born to be. And I keep going back to this eagle thing because Archbishop Desmond Tutu, again, taught me this story on Semester at Sea where there was a farmer who raised chickens and he was given a chicken and, you know, when he, he was given it to, to him, he said, oh, this isn't a chicken. Like, this isn't a chicken. And the guy was like, yes, it is. Like, this is a chicken. He walked like a chicken. He acted like a chicken. He was with the chickens. And um, the farmer said, no, 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 this is not a chicken. Took that chicken up to the mountaintop, dusted it off, told it to shake off its chicken ways, its chicken's behavior, and fly fly, eagle, fly. Mm-hmm. And that really, in fact, was not a chicken. It was an eagle who was raised with chickens 
and had to become this great eagle that it was meant to be and to fly and truly soar and and rise above. And so that inspiration to see Matthew in this year come full circle of, you know, just he was poor to now him wanting to move out of Compton to the West Side. Like, what? That's change. And we are worthy of change. And we are worthy of possibilities and opportunities. Um, and, And if I can create those, and if I have the keys to unlock some doors, I'm going to do it and I'm going to take my family with me. Wow. That's such a beautiful full circle thing of just every arising tide raises all boats and everyone who comes along the Worthy of Love project and train and movement getting to step into their own place in it and really shine. So beautiful. And and you mentioned empowering um, some of these family members and and homeless people. parents um, to learn some new skills. Is that something that you're looking for in terms of support? Are people like skilled videographers or photographers Absolutely. to come in and support? Because we definitely have um, some of those people in our community. Yeah, yeah. If whatever you're good at and you want to teach, um, I think that's for me like how it started with the bread. It's like, oh, I'm good at this. How can I turn it into an opportunity? Cool. And I feel like we need more of that because... Hey, like if you're struggling with homelessness, getting out of poverty is you're against all odds. Mm-hmm. And if you're good at something and you want to help someone, I can give you that outlet. Um, yeah, just hit me up because honestly, like we can't do it without each other. And if we're in this pod of dolphins, we have to show up for one another. And if our pod, is just 11, 12 miles away from Skid Row or Westwood or Silmar or Compton. We have got to come together as a community, as a city, as a nation to help our family members in need. Absolutely. Yeah. So many inspired ideas that we'll have to jam about after the pod as well, just hearing all of that. For sure. Uh, yeah, and we'll spread that to our, to our group. Totally. Thank we'll you. notify the... The Venice pod <laughs> to join <laughs> to join with the collect, larger collective pod. Um, I've got one more um, quick, fun question before we go to our final five that we that we ask all of our guests. Um, with this SoFi experience um, coming up, um, I'd love to just hear a little bit more about what to expect. Like, how many people are there going to be, and what are some of the cool activities that are going to be there? Because that's a massive. Yeah. Cool do you need place more volunteers? Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, we need people to buy one, gift one. So if you go and take a tour of SoFi, it's usually about sixty dollars on the you know street value. Uh, but they're giving us a good discount, and everyone also can get food because they run the concessions. So the cool part about it is that we will shuttle in all of the families that we can take. It costs forty one dollars a family member. So our budget is limited, but if we have a campaign and if you want to come and be part of the tour and the experience, if you donate you know, a ticket for someone else, you can buy one, gift one, um, we can bring more family members from Skid Row, Silmar, Compton, Westwood. Um, right now in our budget, we're only able to bring around 200, yeah. um, but like I said, there's 1,100 people. 
Mm-hmm. And so if we can get people to buy one gift one, I mean, we can fit 90,000 people in the stadium. Right. So we yeah. can invite whoever we want. But right. if, if people want to support and donate, I think that's the important part. What date is it? June 29th. Okay. It's a we Thursday. Alert the more of that community for that. that that's awesome. a little field trip. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely will. The tour is insane. I mean, the locker room, the press box. The coolest part, I think, is going on the field, which we don't want the kids to really know that we're going on the field. We want it to be a surprise. But it's a tour, and you get, you get to get your concession. So the kids get to go through the concession line and the families, you know, the moms and dads. Mm-hmm. Anyways, they go through the concession line right when you get there, and you feel VIP because they get to go... I know this sounds simple to us and normal, but to them, it's it's different. And to make it us thing, not them, they get to go into the concession line. They grab a drink. They grab a chip of their liking. They get to order whatever menu item they want. They get their concession. They get to sit in the stands, and they get to be treated like VIP. It's a private party for them, mm. for us. And so we all come together we're eating together, um, and then they get to look down the field. Boomer gets to play his music, but we're not going to go on the field just yet because we want to surprise them. So we want them to eat and look and say, wow, the SoFi Sam's awesome, take pictures. Boomer will be playing music, and then we're going to surprise everyone to say, okay, now we get to take a tour of the stadium. Wow. Ah! And so we take an incredible tour of the stadium and we end up right in front of the tunnel, which I should preface this by saying mascots are really important to me because I was the mascot at University of Alabama, Roll Tide. Oh, wow. Um, And as the elephant and and running out of the tunnel was like probably the best experience you could possibly have as a mascot because there's 90,000 fans screaming their heads off. And you just run out. It's like the most adrenaline in the world. And you're like, woo, right? Um, So the coolest part is each shelter gets to stand in that tunnel together as a pod. And the Rams, like, hype music. Goes crazy in that tunnel. And everyone gets to jump up and down. Woo, woo, woo. And then they have a countdown. Three, two, one. And everyone gets to run together out on the field. Wow. And you get to go out in the field and just, it just feels like the adrenaline, there's nothing like it. And they get to play football, they get to do touchdown passes and field goal kicks, and we'll do our Worthy of Love Stand By Me on the field, we'll do Love Train, Uh, we always do the Love Train, that's one of our traditions. Um, This Little Light of Mine, we sing that with lights, we'll have those on the field, It'll be quite the experience. Yeah. I know you say it's uh, it's easy to host a party, but you're hosting one epic party. I know. It's insane. What is it? <laughs> like, life is a party. We're going to have to show up. Let's yeah. do it up. Wow, this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we'll definitely get a squad out there. Yeah, and, you know, Many, many people that will, will do the buy one, get one. I'm, I'm yeah. sure, yeah. Please. Especially it's not it's not even like, oh, you're buying a ticket to come to our experience. It's like you're buying a ticket and you're literally gifting someone else. Exactly. An unfor- unforgettable experience. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll round up a good crew of people. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yay. Uh, should we? Yeah. Yeah. This has been, this has been great. We're going to. I know. Gonna... I, we could talk for hours I here. I'm like, this could be our longest podcast yet, but maybe we'll have to have a part two. This is so good. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're going to finish with the final five. This is just meant to be uh, kind of like a quick. A rapid fire. Quick rapid whatever. Fire. Okay. Quick, um, quick answer comes to mind. 
So uh, for somebody listening to this podcast, what's something, an action they can take today to bring more belonging or community into their lives? Connecting, asking someone about their day and their, their story, listening. Um, what is something that keeps you grounded? Skateboarding, mm. which we saw you doing before the pod. It's just something about the asphalt and like the neurological functioning that fires throughout your whole brain, your body. And it, it's like with trauma, it really helps. Um, that actually reminds me, I'll have to connect you guys after, but we had my former roommate on and she started Girls Roll, which is a female skateboarding collective. Ooh. They, they teach women how to skateboard and young girls, they've done trips to Tijuana as well. So wow, could be wow, a cool, wow, wow. Yes. They, they have custom carver boards sometimes. So wow. could be a cool synergy for yes. Girls Swirl X worthy of love. I love that. Some of the women and young girls in it. Yeah, that would be great. And that brings us to another question, which is what is a community outside of worthy of love? That you love? Well, I like to think that there's little worlds all over the world. And um, I don't really see people as other communities because the whole perspective of everyone is family. So I just love meeting new humans and their unique stories. And everyone is unique. Everyone has a name and a meaning and a birthday. And so just connecting with other communities in general and, and just the human population is what keeps me going because we're all human. We all cry. We all laugh. We all feel pain and we all feel joy. And so I don't really like to see as other communities. I like to see it as us. Cool. Beautiful. Um, and what's something that you want to spend time, more, uh, time doing more of in your life? More of being present. Yeah, I think that's the true gift is not living in the past, not living in the future, um, taking each moment for, for for what it is and and respecting that moment and that becoming a true gift. And so, you know, we ha- as some people say, oh, I missed the Worthy Love Party this month. I'm like, don't worry. Mm-hmm. We'll be here next month. And I think just taking those moments as they come each month, even when you're in a funk and you show up, um, I think whatever's going on in your life to really just be present and see people around you as the gift. Love that. Well, Mary, Mandy, <laughs> with an IE, <laughs> thank you so much. This was definitely such an impactful conversation for us. I teared up a few times, got chills multiple times. So thank you for being so open, so vulnerable with us and sharing your story. And we will link to Worthy of Love in our show notes for people who want to contribute or come volunteer and continue to spread the Worthy of Love message. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for coming on. This was great. Thank you. You are Worthy of Love. I know what you're thinking. How can I get more of that? Well, if you like this last episode and you want to be up to date on the most awesome people doing rad things in their communities, be sure to share and subscribe to this podcast. And if you want to connect to our online community and be up to date on our biggest, baddest, weirdest, coolest in real life events, you can follow our Instagram at more.of.that. We hope to see more of you soon.